Okay, I think we can get started. Um, GM everyone, and thank you for joining us today. As a reminder, this meeting is for the DAO. What this means is that any topic or any discussion um, is up, you know, it's up for discussion. So feel free to unmute yourself and, and join the conversation at any point or start one uh, of yourself. Um, I believe today, or I know today, we have um, the team from Scribe. Uh, this was an initiative. My understanding is from Bankist and Sync. They were looking after some marketing initiatives, and they've reached out uh, to them, and they're here with us today uh, to share some some of their thoughts or what what they can do, maybe to um, to help or contribute um, uh, to the Beanstalk ecosystem. We will first start with going through around uh, through the Beanstalk Farms contributors, and then and then we will we will ask them to join us um, um, or or, or we go with it. All right, Guy, how is everything at your end? Doing well, Mod. Uh, brief update from me this week. Uh, don't have the most you know, relevant news or updates to share with, with the DAO per se. Been spending most of my time on uh, managing various uh, engineering work. So, you know, there are a couple of folks who stepped up yesterday who are interested in working on the uh, uh, you know, Beanstalk documentation version of that uh, urine Jap uh, chat GPT wrapper that was shared in the Discord yesterday, which is pretty interesting. I've uh, been coordinating with, uh, you know, the couple different auditors working on Wells. Uh, also had a conversation with uh, another solo auditor yesterday, potentially about auditing Wells. Uh, you know, having various conversations with engineers interested in working on Beanstalk. And uh, yeah, it's very exciting to see all that uh, new interest from the developer front. Uh, otherwise, uh, Alisaris has been spending some time on what we're calling a, an on-chain bug bounty system. So, you know, the current setup today is one where uh, someone has to submit uh, reports through Immunify, which are ultimately decided by humans uh, as far as what the the bounty should be so we've been doing some thinking about you know to what extent can you codify some of the the rules in the immunify program that was approved by the dao uh, in a smart contract and have those bounties be permissionless in cases where funds can be directly stolen so that's still in the design phases and think that there will probably be a lot more discussion to be had uh, at the community level once we once we have something to share on that front so I'll, I'll leave it at that for, for this week. Yeah, that, that's great, and thank you. Um, speaking of the chat, uh, GPT, I, I played around with the Yearn, or the one that Yearn had, and uh, interested in hearing others, or what others I think. It felt to me that, of course, depending on, on the amount of you know, data that it's, it's trained on or it, it looks after, it, it didn't seem like very helpful, but it looked quite unpolished. But interesting seeing what others think and if they think it's it's helpful and of course maybe our documentation is much more extensive and it can be more than the docs that it look after so it, it would it would be um it would give better results out, i guess yeah i thought it was cool for asking it like you know uh what was yip 20 what was yip 21 etc and those were good but i also noticed if you asked it what the current price of uh yfi was it was off by an order of magnitude so you know. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I tried simple there. things such as like what is urine and, and you know what, what can I use urine for? And it felt like it just went and took some you know, some pieces from 
like some documents halfway through and, and just came out through like even the sentences weren't like clear clear sentences but but again i think we have much more much more data i guess or or training data to to go off so interested in seeing what our our trial or our, our version would look like same here we'll see all right silo chat hey guys um Lots going on this week, continuing to steam forward on wells, uh, focused on the pump and the aquifer components currently, um, as well as working on some upgrades to Beanstalk related to the stock gauge system and the zero withdraw timer. So all of that's happening in parallel, um, have been going back and forth with auditors about some changes to be made uh, on, on all of those fronts. I uh, had a couple calls with with auditors this week. Uh, also, have brought on a couple folks to help out through throughout this process and to to work on some new some new projects moving forward. Um, and so, yeah, just teams growing, lots going on. So, uh, I think for the next week or two, we're going to be pretty <clears throat> pretty focused in on getting uh, the last you know solidity pieces uh, fully tested and uh ready for for final audit so we'll be uh it'll be quiet beyond that thank you chad and sweet red beans hey mod how's it going going well how's everything at your end uh not too bad yeah this week a uh, bit of a short update from me but um Spent the, some time getting caught up on the current implementation of Wells and uh, making some UI adjustments to uh, the initial Wells UI that we designed actually a few months ago. So uh, rounding out some corners there and hopefully we'll make it look and feel uh, a lot nicer than it currently is. And uh, for the next week or so, planning to spend some time thinking about other transactions that we need to enable the composition of in the UI. So, you know, we've spoken a number of times in this meeting about the adding the ability to the interface to chain uh, transactions like claim, harvest, rinse, mow, and root plant. Uh, so that work is underway and uh, hoping just to, to come up with a holistic view of other transactions that need to be, that we need to add support to, uh, to sort of chain together in the interface over the next week or so. So hopefully we'll have a clear picture of you know what to scope in and what to scope out and uh, and get started on that UI work. So that's that's uh, that's my update for for this week. Thank you, Sweet, sweet Red Means. Okay, um, as as I mentioned earlier, we have the team from Scribe uh, who are we, who are here with us uh, today. See, Sarah Chat said. Uh, maybe they, they sent a message. I'm just go going to read that quickly. They said that they're still focused on finalizing well Solidity code and onboarding new contributors um, right now. Okay, so going back to Scribe, Syncubate, I see that you're here. Did you want to maybe start with this? Uh, since my understanding is that it was you and Bacchus who reached out to, to the Scribe team, or would you like Ishan to, to take it off? Hey. Hey, Maud. Yeah, I can just briefly provide some um, context to this. Um, thank you again for the opportunity to speak here. Um, so a few weeks ago, Bacchus um, mentioned 
in the BIP33 discussion thread that he was looking to, you know, explore avenues for um, uh, marketing and uh, these types of things for Beanstalk. Um, he and I connected and I reached out to my network and coincidentally DeFi Chad and I had a conversation and, you know, he recently joined Gaines Network as a contributor. So he immediately um, thought of the Scribe 3 team. And so Bacchus and I had a call with Ishan and, and the Scribe 3 team. And, you know, we obviously saw what they've done for Gaines Network and um, coincidentally as well, um, you know, Ishan mentioned that he's been an investor in groups. So he already knew Mr. Manifold and and he's very familiar with what um, the Beanstalk ecosystem has been working on um, since the replant and even before that. So, you know, that's when we initiated the discussion thread in the Ideas channel to kind of get the community's initial input on what they um, think about the idea. And so um, that's where we stand right now. And um, I'll just defer now to Ishan to speak further on what the Scribe 3 team can offer. Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I appreciate that. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's all the context of, of kind of how we got to this point. Um, so yeah, just like Sig said, right. He, we know DeFi Chad because DeFi Chad recently, we worked with them in Flash Dig as well. He's a part of the Flash Dig team. Um, and we did a little bit of work with the Flash Dig team, but he, we're kind of more, more known for our work with Gains Network. Um, you know, we've been with them for kind of six months. Um, so, so kind of some background there. We got brought into Gains. Um, in kind of a similar, I mean, probably not a similar situation, but, um, you know, if, if any of you guys are familiar with kind of um, the arc of Gaines Network, um, the, the protocol was in a really bad shape after the entire Luna, call it a debacle, um, because, you know, you had, there was UST listed as well as Luna itself listed on the Gaines Network platform. And so you had all of these directional traders start to go like super long and short, or sorry, super short with leverage. Um, and so because of that, there was left with like, you know, the, the die pool that the liquidity pool that backs everything ended up getting like quite under collateralized. So the protocol was in a really bad shape. There was like a lot of distrust in the community. Um, and without a lot of liquidity in the die pool, um, you know, it's, it's really hard to allow people enough, uh, kind of OI open interest, uh, in order to maintain, um, the protocol. So, uh, so we were brought in, um, by the gains team. And, uh, you know, we, you know, we feel really confident that we added a lot of value in kind of the flip that happened. You know, we started to open things up a lot to the community. A lot of it was kind of closed source, uh, a closed group of people that were kind of deciding everything. We really opened it up. We started to be very open with the community. We started to put out a lot of educational content, a lot of content about the roadmap, getting people more excited about the things that we were building and doing because um you know like like a lot of projects right there it's an awesome dev team uh it's a it's a dev team that does not know really how to communicate and and you know kind of uh understand why people get into projects and and what are kind of the impetuses uh for people to really get highly invested and in, in building that really strong community so um you know when we started with gains network this was a little over right around six months ago um you know it was like nine thousand twitter followers um, the dipole was like under 10 million, um, you know, token price was definitely not great. Um, DAUs and MAUs were kind of on a downtrend. And since then, in like six months, we went from completely organically, like 9,000 Twitter followers to about 35,000, give or take probably 36 now. Um, so like almost uh, over a 300% growth, um, you know, uh, if anyone's following the project, like DAUs and MAUs are at all time highs in the middle of a bear. Um, you know, uh, token price has never been better. Um, you know, I think it's there's probably not a single better performing token in year to date, um, or maybe maybe like the last three or four months. 
Um, and not to say that this is like all, all because of us. I mean, it's a great project, right? Like anyone that's looked at the architecture knows that like no one else is doing synthetic trading like they are. Um, but, you know, we really helped kind of regain a lot of that community trust, rebuild that community and, uh, you know, a, a created kind of a, a different, uh, call it a vibe um, a, around being really open about the things that are going on, the things that we're building, the roadmap that's going on. Uh, so we had a lot of success there. We've worked with other projects as well. It's not just Gaines Network. Um, you know, uh, most, uh, you know, we, we also work with Mantle Network, um, which is the new L2 incubated by BitDAO. Um, so we basically helped them do their whole launch. Um, and, you know, I think like in, I think two months, we've got like over 64, 65,000 Twitter followers. Um, so, you know, the things that we do best are, you know, we're communications experts, right? So the things that we typically do are everything from technical documentation, right? White papers and light papers. Uh, we do full blog management, right? Come in and, and really help with that community uh, comms. Uh, we also do full social. So we come in and, and we're really good at running socials and really having uh, understanding the, how to communicate to these projects, uh, how to communicate to the larger community, how to grow a community. Um, and then uh, we also do biz dev. And I think that's an area that I'm really excited about uh, the opportunity with for, for the kind of the community is like we've helped establish a lot of partnerships for Gaines Network. Um, we've done a lot of DevRel stuff for Mantle Network. And I think both of those things are are things that can add a lot of value to the Bean community. I think like, you know, obviously there's been like general kind of governance apathy. Uh, I think that like, you know, finding new ways to integrate Bean in just the larger ecosystem, whether it's on mainnet or whether it's on Arbitrum. I think Arbitrum, there's like a lot of cool opportunities to integrate with protocols, even things as simple as like borrow lending. And then even kind of more so as like, you know, using it for uh, like multi-collateral purposes in different protocols. I think, um, you know, having more integrations with wells, having people build on top of wells. Uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity there to find more use cases for Bean. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of a little bit of our background. Um, yeah, like, like Singh said, like, I, I you know, I've, I've been very bullish on being since, you know, I don't know if you can see how long someone's been in the discord, but you know, I've been here for quite a while, just kind of lurking and hanging around. Um, you know, I'm a holder, uh, you know, like you mentioned, uh, you know, Manifold and I are friends, um, you know, I invested in Roots because I do really believe in the opportunity to kind of build things on top of this ecosystem. I think like the thing that got me really excited personally is like building on building markets on top of this, like, you know, silo bond style mechanism. I think there's like a lot of cool things to be done there, you know, zero market fees. Um, so I think that there's a lot of space for composability. And I think what, 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 you know, what, what I would say, in, in my opinion, that the kind of, you know, project needs is like, uh, kind of a force that can go in there and do some of that, like, brute force, you know, shoving being into conversations, getting in on top of different narratives. Like, I, I think that's one of the things we do really well is like, uh, narrative creation and uh, kind of massaging narratives, right? So we did this with gains with real yield, you know, we kind of shoved ourselves into the real yield conversation when that was really big, about three to four months ago, I think like there's a lot of opportunity in this kind of post FTX world capitalizing on the, a lot of those narratives. I mean, that's when we kind of saw the biggest jump in gains is, uh, is kind of capitalizing on these like, you know, post FTX, you know, you don't need to sex, you know, you can kind of direct on ramp, you can go and get the same trading opportunities. Um, in a decentralized way, you know, you get access to even stocks and Forex and things like that. Um, so I think a lot of it is like, you know, uh, I, all, you, all you guys are know, right? Uh, you know, if you're in here, you're probably like a heavy DeFi user. You understand that like still a huge percentage of the total kind of DeFi market right now is narrative based. 
right? So it's about like capitalizing narratives, building these narratives, getting people excited about the roadmap and things are going up, right? Like markets are always forward looking, especially in like radically open markets like we have, uh, you know, markets are even more forward looking. So getting people excited about the roadmap, about wells, about all the things that can be built, all the composition opportunities um, is something we get really excited about. And I think like, you know, one of the the core competencies that we have is like, we're not a serotonin, we're not a Yap Global, like we're, we're not one of these like web two kind of firms that are like, oh, okay, well, I see some opportunity in web three, like, let's go to web three, like, we're not really, uh, we have a little bit of marketing background. I mean, uh, you know, but the main thing is like, we're DGENs first, and we're DeFi guys first. And that's why we have this kind of unique take on the market, because we're power users, right? We're using all the protocols, we're playing around everywhere, we're on basically every chain, uh, so we understand the market better than traditional firms. Um, and so then we, and we better understand, like, you know, if you're a web two guy, you can't come in and do web three marketing. Like you have to, you know, I, I'm not going to listen to opinions of guys that like don't have a MetaMask. And like, I mean, that might be crude and mean, but like, you know, if you're going to tell me how to run my project and you don't even have a MetaMask, like, you know, you shouldn't be advising people on how to build web three community because you're not a, a part of the web three community. So I think that's like, you won't. You know, we haven't found anybody else and I would challenge anybody else to find another kind of firm or, or, or comparable service that is as DeFi native or is as technically savvy as we are, because that's what we feel like our core competency is. Um, so I think like, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to answer any questions or talk more about in detail. Um, but I think like our general services or the things that we do really well are like long form content, social, biz dev and and. PR, public relations, right? And, you know, a lot of people do PR, but the thing is, like, we really understand the positioning. And so we really know how to make sure we get into the right conversations. We do a lot of that narrative building um, and then leverage the media, whether it's, you know, Coindesk or Decrypt or Defiant or Blockworks. And, you know, we have relationships with a lot of these journalists. So we're able to use that and leverage that in those communities and that trust uh, in order to do a lot of the narrative building that we need um, in order to kind of, you know, get back to a dollar, um, you know, get back to, you know, 100 million market cap or, or 250 million, like, you know, I think we all think this protocol can be, I think, you know, there's no reason why Bean can't have a, you know, top 200 market cap. Um, and it's about like building reasons why more people want to hold it so that we can get recapitalized. And once we get recapitalized, it's about, again, building that trust back with the larger community. Um, and, and I feel like if we did it with gains, um, you know, kind of post Luna, then I don't see any reason why we couldn't do it for, for the Bean community as well. Thank you, Ishan, and, and first of all, congratulations on your success story with uh, with the Gains Network. And I think I agree with you, um, generally speaking, on on understanding and more of more of being. Uh, you know, you describe yourselves as DGens, and it's more more than understanding what Web three is. It's 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 understanding what Beanstalk uh, does. Uh, going through your messages, uh, from from what I understand is that you were looking for a quarterly um, agreement. Uh, and I'm interested in in knowing or hearing. So, what are or what would be the things that you would focus on? Let's say you know for the first quarter. So we say, hey, we want to work with Scribe. What were the things that you know Scribe would focus on? Let's say for the for the first for the first engagement or the first quarter. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, quarterly is a good way where it gives us enough time to implement our kind of machine and like the, the, the kind of machine we create that allows us to do this at scale and do it in perpetuity. And I think that's enough time for everybody to kind of, to let us set up all the processes and then allow everybody to kind of see the results, right? And and we're, you know, like at the end of the day, like we're, you know, we're DGENs because we're very, uh, you know, 
we want to be value add, right? We never want to be in a position where we're value extractive. Um, and I think that's the thing that most DAOs kind of worry about is like, okay, are you just going to like take this money and how much you, <clears throat> how much you're really going to do? So that's why we want to do it like quarterly where it's enough for us to kind of be able to prove our worth, but it's not so much that it's like kind of puts a hole in, in, you know, the protocol's pocket or anything like that. So I think that the first thing that I want to point out is like, we're, 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 our goal is to be value additive, right? We want to make sure that the protocol gets more than we're taking out. So that's our number one goal. So as far as like the things to expect, I think like uh, one, I think long form content is like super crucial, right? Someone that can, I think there's two things that we want to do is like, we kind of want to reestablish like this Bean Academy or like some kind of educational output. I think like that plus a general blog. So there's two things, right? There's one, there's the educational aspect. I think like, you know, having a place where we can teach people about, you know, uh, just general stable coin education, right? Like me personally, I'm like a stable coin, you know, uh, I like to say like sommelier, but you know, essentially I'm like a stable coin teacher. I love the concept of the stable coin, uh, you know, and, and the, the kind of trade-offs that everybody tries to make between kind of peg stability and, you know, scalability and decentralization, right? And uh, like kind of the, the trilemma. And, and so I think there's not enough educational resources out there. I talked to a team that's actually building like a, just a stable coin educational platform. I think Bean can kind of be a little bit of that hub where like, oh, you want to learn about the different types of stable coins, why different people make different trade-offs. I think that there's a huge opportunity there. I think there's SEO benefits there as well that we can kind of capitalize on. Uh, but just generally like an educational hub is kind of one piece of it. I think the second piece is like uh, content that gets the community more engaged. And I think that's done through a couple of different ways, right? One thought leadership, right? So we do a lot of thought leadership, you know, whether it's ghostwritten or we do it, you know, for or do it alongside founders. So like we would love to help kind of the Publius team uh, kind of put out more thought leadership, right? Like, you know, everybody knows, like you guys are some of the smartest guys and, and innovative guys in the space. Anyone that's able to kind of go through post replant and build it up to where it is, is incredibly impressive, right? And so like people want to hear more about the thesis and the thoughts and the general market outlook from kind of the Bean team, and especially Publius. I think like doing some thought leadership there is going to be really valuable, letting more people kind of inside the brain of why we're doing what we're building, why we're, why we're building what we're building and, and the kind of long-term picture. I think on that note, like kind of roadmap stuff is really, really important. I think everybody loves a good roadmap and everybody loves to get excited about kind of the future, right? Again, markets are always forward-looking. So we want to get people as forward-looking as possible to get them invested today right you got to to get them invested today you got to be thinking at least you know one to two quarters out and getting people excited about the things that are coming uh, maybe that timeline's a little shorter in our industry just because you know uh, like you know three months ago you know spf was still on top of the world so things can move quickly but we still want to get people really excited um and then i think uh on that like so like we have thought leadership we have product updates uh, product roadmap, right? Getting people really excited about the things that are coming, technical updates, right? Getting the community re-excited and re-involved, I think is going to make a huge step towards getting people re-engaged in governance. And I think that there's a lot of kind of general apathy there. So I think like, you know, steps to get people more excited about the things that are coming and a team that's really focused on engaging a lot of these kind of nascent users is, is going to add a lot of value. So there's the educational component to bring in new users. And then there's a lot of the thought leadership to the thought leadership is going to get new users and new people excited about it. But then also a lot of this like product update, product roadmap type stuff is going to get a lot of these nascent users excited again about what's happening, what's being built. 
Um, so there's the long form content side. I think there, there's also SEO benefits there. I think on the short form side, I think like, you know, whether it's, I mean, I, from what I understand, like the pool base guys want to continue to run the Beanstalk Farms account. So, you know, I mean, I know there's like three or four different accounts, but, you know, allowing us to take any, any account that you guys choose that the community thinks that would add a lot of value and allowing us to really run that and be kind of the voice of the community and, and a kind of dedicated group that's there to grow that. And, and amplifying a lot of the different content initiatives, BIPs and things like that. Um, and to just have, you know, uh, your Twitter's your resume in Web3, right? So, so the way that we think about generally Web3 marketing is a lot of like general Web2 funnel building, right? So top of funnel is like total impressions, right? Someone has to see the name Beanstalk in order to have any chance at depositing into the protocol, right? And joining the community, right? So that's just top of funnel is like total impressions. And then you have this whole middle of funnel, which I think is a function of like community, a strong Twitter, really strong landing page, educational resources, like really well done docs and all those kind of things that help you reduce the friction to get to bottom of the funnel. And bottom of the funnel is like, you know, active community member, like voting in the DAO, like actually holding Bean, uh, you know, depositing the protocol, like holding, you know, ripe, unripe, all that stuff, right? Uh, so we need to get that middle of funnel really tight to optimize our conversion from impressions to bottom of the funnel, which is actual users, right? So all of these things are all like a, a, lar a part of a larger kind of approach. They all work in together. They all work together in order to get us to the bottom of the funnel. So, you know, running a Twitter and having a really strong place where people can ask questions, they can get answers quickly, they can understand what's going on, they can get constantly updated. You have a lot of Eli five, you know, explain it like I'm five, like very normie friendly content, because, uh, you know, what we don't want is we don't want to be like this small group of only DGENs, right? We want to open this up to the larger community because that's the only way, you know, if we can onboard as much retail as possible, then that's the only way we're going to get to like a hundred million or, you know, maybe a billion, right? So we need that capital to feel really comfortable. And in order to do that, we need like educational content, educational resources, really strong threads, right? So like anyone that's, you know, followed us or, or you know, uh, seen some of the work we do is like, we're really good at the Twitter thing. And we really know how to get that out there, get like a lot of that middle funnel uh, friction reduced so that it's easier for people to move down that funnel to get bottom of the funnel where we want. So I think social is a big part of that. Again, your Twitter is like your resume, right? If people come in and they're like, oh, I don't really know which Twitter to follow, which one has the most followers, which one is most active. And then, you know, you're going to lose a lot of people there. And that's that friction that, that we talk about a lot um, in, in the funnel building process. Um, so that's on the social side. Um, so so you, you can expect one like weekly to multiple times weekly long form content, whether that's educational or um, just generally, uh, you know, thought leadership or some of these other kind of more general product updates, things like that general content. That's on a weekly cadence. So that's what you can expect. Um, you can expect daily execution on Twitter across, you know, at least one um, account where, you know, we're doing the daily tweeting, we're doing the planning, the, you know, we like to plan things out almost like a quarter ahead. Um, so, you know, the community would have open access to, Hey, this is everything that more or less is going to be seen on Twitter over the next month. We'd love to have that kind of be really collaborative. You know, we, you know, uh, we know a good amount about the protocol, but obviously you guys have been, you know, on this day to day for, for, you know, years now. Uh, so, you know, we love your guys' input as well. Um, so expect data execution on the social side. And then BizDev. Um, so BizDev, you can definitely expect like, you know, we, we would shoot for it, especially with someone like a brand name like Bean already has, you know, we would expect like weekly partnerships. If nothing else, at a minimum, we would love to, we love to set up these systems of like, you know, uh, you know, partnership 
you know, infographic, a Twitter space, community AMA, Discord AMA, right, at a minimum, right? And then as we kind of move up, we're looking for composability efforts, right? Hey, can you integrate, uh, you know, Bean into your protocol? Can you use Bean in, in, in kind of different ways? Uh, can we get some borrowing lending or things like that going, right? More use cases. So we're looking to build more use cases, more composition efforts. And then we're also looking for like dev relationships, right? Like, oh, okay, well, you guys don't know about Wells. Here's the breakdown of Wells. This is why we think this is a really innovative model. Here's some other things that are being built, right? Root markets and things like that, right? Getting a lot more eyes on the bigger things being built here and getting out of this branding of like, you know, kind of like the hacked protocol brand, right? And just like, hey, we built this back up from scratch. And, and this is, you know, kind of this, uh, this whole replant that we've done and, and all the progress that we've made to bring this back. Like this isn't going anywhere anytime soon and kind of reestablishing that with the developer and builder community. Um, so BizDev, you can expect like weekly partnerships, relationships, at least monthly. We're looking at at least one to two times a month. We would like to unveil like new composability efforts, new integrations with other protocols. So that's what you can expect on BD is like, you know, we get out there and we go meet everybody. We already have quite a large network. Um, and, you know, whether it's ETH mainnet or Arbitrum, finding these interesting projects, picking out, making lists of all the ways that we can integrate with all the different protocols that are out there and then going out on the offensive and going out and, and sealing a lot of those partnerships. So that's what you can expect on the BD side. And then on the PR side, right? I think PR is really key um, for Bean because there is a little bit of a narrative issue, right? And PR is is your superpower ability to kind of uh, retake over narratives, right? So like, you know, right now, if you were to ask the average person, like, what do they think of Beanstalk? They're like, oh, okay, well, they, they probably, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is probably the hack, right? And, and that's where, that's the furthest place that we want to be away from, right? Where we want to be is, oh, okay, like innovative stablecoin protocol, like, you know, experimental gigabrains over there, like incredibly strong community, right? And that's where we want to be. Um, and so in order to do that, we need to kind of shift the story. And I think it's very easy for us to pitch the story to a lot of our contacts and getting into not only just like Coindesk, Cointelegraph, Blockworks and stuff like that, but also like going to Web2 publications like Forbes, like you know, uh, Fortune, uh, Bloomberg, Yahoo Finance, going to places like this, getting it in the larger community of this story of this community that, you know, suffered this like catastrophic, uh, you know, problem and, and, you know, rebuilt from scratch, right? And and changing the narrative to that so that when people hear Bean and they think about Bean, the first thing they think about is, oh, this like incredibly resilient community that kind of resowed their beans and came back and, and is now like a massive protocol. Because I think one thing that people don't realize is like, I personally don't necessarily equate like the kind of governance hack to like an issue with the protocol. And I think that's an area where there's a misalignment of narrative where people just think it was a hack of the protocol. But I think like the, the stability module and the credit module and those things, I, I, I find to be like as strong as even pre-plant or like before the replant and before like pre-exploit, I find those narratives to be the strongest piece like you know the protocol itself worked as function it was a governance issue and maybe that's like a larger issue with like maybe down governance and that's a whole other discussion but as far as like the viability of the protocol like there's never been any real issues there and so i think kind of framing the narrative and going to a lot of these publications and pitching it out like that and kind of instead of making it a story of like oh yeah like that really sucks like a kind of the hack story shifting that narrative into like you know the comeback story um so, so on, on the PR side, the expectation would be like at least one, I mean, kind of is, is kind of a, a, a snowball a little bit in that, you know, it starts a little slow and then it gets faster and faster. So like early on, maybe in that first month, it, you know, it would be one to two uh, kind of stories in major publications. But by that second and third month, we're looking for at least two to three 
um, you know, major things uh, like major publications uh, picking up stories on us. So just to recap, right, a weekly blog post across education and, and you know, kind of thought leadership and, and product roadmap, uh, daily social execution, uh, at least uh, we're looking for weekly partnerships on the biz dev side and then uh, monthly to bi-monthly uh, uh, like major stories in major publications, whether crypto publications or web two pub, like finance publications and like going out there and telling the story about decentralized stable coins and doing that narrative creation. Um, so, so the way I think about it is like, what's the alternative to that, right? Like I, I know people get kind of freaked out about like the kind of 30K price tag. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's very, uh, you know, the, the way to kind of think about it is think about the alternative and the alternative is really, uh, you know, hiring a team of five to do this full time. Right. So maybe there's some guys in the, in the community that would be able to do this. Maybe not. Right. And maybe some of these more specific things like PR and biz dev and things like that, maybe it's a little bit more difficult to come for the community, but think about if, if you guys were just a, a, a board and a, a more traditional company that wanted to hire you know, a team of five, right? So you're getting basically a team of five. You're getting a PR person, you're getting a day-to-day social person, you're getting a long-form content person, you're getting a biz dev person, and then you're getting a project manager to essentially manage all of this, right? And so, you know, even if you were to look for anybody that would do these, right, and you wanted to do those five people, you would have to pay them probably at least 6,000 bean a month, right, each person. And then when you add in the fact that not only are we just like average guys that do this, but, you know, I would challenge anyone to find people better in the space that do this that are as kind of DeFi native, um, you know, you start to think about, oh, a team of five, well, like, you, you know, and people that are really experienced that are really good at this, you're talking about something more like $10,000 per person, right? As far as payroll. So the way that we think about it is like, you know, if you were to try to do this independently, one, it's going to be more expensive, right? You're looking more at like the 50, uh, $60,000 a month. Um, but on the second side, it's more about like, you know, allocation of resources, right? Like the Publius guys, or, you know, their time is not best spent, you know, finding people to do these jobs, uh, interviewing them, training them, getting them up to speed and all of that, right? Their time is best spent doing what they do best, which is building great protocols, right? The best lever of their time is not doing like this HR type stuff, which is why I think it's personally, I mean, obviously I'm a little biased, but uh, that why I think it's a better idea to kind of go with a cohesive team that has the experience, has the pedigree, knows what they're doing, already has the connections. Um, that can come in and kind of add value much qu- quicker than, you know, bringing on a team full-time or going with a different kind of group. Thank you, Isham. Um, and maybe we can g- briefly give you a quick history. Um, so we, we worked with multiple uh, marketing and PR agencies, and we did have in-house, um, you know, a few contributors who looked after it. One of them is, is me, who, who looked after marketing for, for some time. Um, Wanted to go quickly through the history, or uh, sorry, through the deliverables that you, you've mentioned. So you said uh, content, and that will be daily social, and then weekly long form uh, business development, which I think you said weekly business development, and then PR to aim for uh, once or, or, or twice a month. Um, my question here is again with regards to you know who is going to write that long form content or or manage those social tweets. Will it be someone from Scribe who you know will know the ins and outs of of Beanstalk and then will do those deliverables, or is the expectation is that someone from Beanstalk will you know um, um, help or have to have to write you know some 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 of that content and then yeah, no, is I- the content. Sorry, just one last question. Is the content only blog posts or do you also look into other other forms of content? 
Um, yeah, so on that first question, I think that's an awesome question to ask. And a lot of agencies are going to, you know, you're going to get a guy that pitches you and that guy that pitches you seems awesome and smart. And then the guy that's actually doing the work is not the guy that pitched you, right? Where we're slightly different in that respect, where Joey and I are the guys that are going to be working on the project. So we're going to be doing the writing. We're going to be doing the biz dev, right? So uh, and because that, like, we're a smaller agency, right? Like, you know, we're not the agency that goes in and just tries to pick up every project um, because, like, we're not really in the business of, like, marketing shit coins, right? Like, we want to work with uh, very, uh, you know, long-term value-aligned projects. So we're very picky about who we work with, which is why we were really excited about working with the Bean community. So on that, uh, on, on the note about who's doing the actual writing, like, yes, there is a little bit of expectation of help from the team in that, you know, maybe like a final check or a review um, before things go out to make sure that we're all on the same page as far as voice, tone, you know, even small grammatical stuff and that making sure that we're getting things right. Um, but usually that's a process that wanes over time. So it's, you know, probably a little bit upfront in that first month to kind of make sure we're all on the same page. But once we're all, you know, once our machine is moving and going and we're having like, you know, you know, the, the way we like to do it is like, okay, let's say, you know, Monday you get an outline by Wednesday, you know, we finalize the outline and then by Friday you get a draft. And then, you know, by Monday that draft is getting posted, right? You know, we, we review the draft, we finish it up. And then by Monday it's getting posted, right? So we like to build this kind of machine that's going because that Monday is getting posted that same Monday you're getting an outline for the next draft, right? And so constantly keeping that machine moving. So all that to say, like, we're the ones actually doing it. We're not handing it off. We're not asking anything from the community. We take all of that responsibility ourselves. The only thing we ask is like a little bit of help early on to make sure that we're all on the same page um, and, and making sure we're getting everything right. But again, like we're pretty DeFi native. We get it pretty quickly, um, you know, but obviously we're not as expert as you guys, um, you know, but we, we definitely want your guys' input, but we're taking on most of the responsibility there. Um, on that, uh, remind me again the second question. Sorry. No, I, I think my last question was just with regards to the content. Is it only uh, blog posts or other form of content as well? Yeah, yeah. So, so the thing that we that we do really well is uh, we like to take a lot of this content and we want to be really. Um, really efficient about the way we use it, right? So not only do we just build blog posts, but we take that same blog post, we can put it on different channels, right? Put it on Reddit, um, put it on, uh, you know, Mirror or something like that as well. Put it on Medium, right? As well as have it live on the own website, right? But besides that, we also can turn that into a Twitter thread and things like that. And then, yeah, I mean, like, you know, we, we can have these discussions with the community about doing other things as far as like, um, you know, like, you know, doing more kind of, whether it's like YouTube kind of tutorial type content or, um, you know, there's a lot of other things we can do, but what we're really good about is like making sure that we get the juice out of every piece of content we put out there, right? So we can kind of maximize the reach of every piece uh, so that every time we put out content, every investment that we make in content is like, you know, pays us dividends because we want to make sure we're, you know, giving everybody content where they want it, right? We're not asking people on Discord to go to Reddit, but if people are on Reddit, we want to give them the content there too. Um, so it's all about like kind of efficiently using the content. And, and yeah, just to add on to that, like um, any sort of kind of engagement tweets um, or polls that we could create or things of that nature, memes, um, just different kind of varieties of ways to get content out there, get in brand, continue to grow and continue to be in front of mind. Um, just a bunch of different ways that we can kind of repurpose those articles and then come up with also unique different contents, whether it's just standalone tweets, quote tweets, interacting with uh, different being community initiatives and such. Thank you, Ishan and Joey. And I will pause here and see if um, 
any anyone anyone in this call has has questions or would like to continue this this discussion. Maybe maybe just want to comment on the record that we Publis haven't had control of the Beanstalk Farms Twitter account in a very long time, but otherwise have found your your proposal incredibly compelling and interesting and wonderful. So thank you very much. Yeah, worth saying that uh, Beanstalk Farms is an independent organization, and you know there are Beanstalk Farms contributors, and they they manage you know anything anything Beanstalk Farms. Of course, uh, Publius is always there for for advice and and you know and direction, but but otherwise Beanstalk Farms is independent. Uh, yeah, of course, totally understand. Like they you know, and and definitely want to be respectful of kind of the DAO structure and everything that's been built here. Um, so like, you know, we're not too worried about which account we get as long as everybody understands whether it's like, you know, the Beanstalk app or Beanstalk money or, you know, whichever account it is, uh, you know, we know that we're going to come in and we're going to blow it out of the water and we're going to grow it, you know, incredibly quickly. Um, but yeah, just kind of come into the decision with everybody about, you know, what, uh, you know, what, which, which account do you, would you prefer? Like which accounts do you think would be the best for you guys to, to take and scale? Um, I think that's a really good question. Um, so like the, the main ones that I've seen that have been kind of like, you know, uh, kept up with is kind of Beanstalk Farms and then Beanstalk Money. Um, I think maybe something like a, you know, maybe it's like a completely different account. Maybe we start up a new account, right? That's just like, uh, you know, maybe Beanstalk Community or, um, you know, I, I think that might be the best route. And I think that kind of show is like able for us to like really demonstrate the value that we add, because if, you know, you know, taking an account that already has like a couple thousand or already has a little bit of recognition and then just adding a little bit of fuel might just, you know, have some people question like how much, uh, how much value are those guys really having or how much value is already there. Whereas if we take a brand new account from scratch, then it's like really, uh, then it's, it, it really proves that like, okay, you know, you're getting a really good bang for your buck because you have this brand new channel, a brand new communication tool that is like incubated from the bottom um, that's able to grow. And so I think that's, that, you know, that, that's something very easily that we can point to after maybe the end of the quarter when we're looking to kind of renew to say, hey, like, well, this is something very valuable that we've built, um, you know, independently and, uh, you know, a, a really well done Twitter account is itself an asset, right? Like a really strong, really well grown organic Twitter account is itself an asset. And that's an asset we can contribute to kind of uh, the community to make sure like, you know, you guys are getting a bang for your buck too. So I'm still owned by Beanstalk, but kind of just managed and operated by us. But I think maybe like a brand new account might be, uh, might be the route. Very interesting and, and insightful. Yeah, we're, 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 go ahead, go ahead, Sink. Um, just chime in here. Um, yeah, that's exactly what we were thinking um, along the lines of uh, like launching a new account. Um, Bacchus and I actually had bounced some ideas around. We were thinking something like the Farmers Guild, um, something community-oriented along those lines to Ishan's point. Um, but, you know, we could always uh, finalize that um, when, when a formal proposal is uh, presented. Ishan, what, what do you think your steelman argument in favor of running an, an existing account like the Beanstalk Farms one would be? 
Um, I think, uh, I mean, if I were to steel man it, I would say, yeah, like, uh, you know, how much value are we driving or how much value is already there? Um, you know, and, and, you know, if I was a, if I was a more skeptical member and I, I would love to also talk to the people that are like a little more skeptical, um, because like, you know, I, I want to make sure that we're all on the same page that we can win over everybody. Uh, you know, I do understand like it, it's going to be a little contentious to get the number of stock needed. Um, but yeah, if I were to see them, I'd say like, oh, okay, well, you know, you guys built this Twitter account that was already pretty built, already had a pretty good amount of brand recognition. Uh, how much value did you guys really add? Whereas if we took a brand new account, something like a farmer's guild or, you know, uh, you know, bean family or, you know, wh whatever we can kind of, as a community come together and decide that. But, you know, I want to make sure that everybody feels really great about the value that we're adding. And, you know, we're on, on, on another note, like we're also very data oriented as, as a, as a group. And like, we want to make, you know, we're very, um, kind of numbers driven in our approach. And we want to make sure like we never want to be in a position where we're extracting value. And we want to make sure that all the value we're adding, like there's, you know, we're not only just adding value, but we're also like paying for ourselves in the uh, amount of value that we're adding so that it's like kind of a no brainer for everybody. Uh, and so that's kind of the mindset that we try to come in with. So I think like coming in with a brand new Twitter account from scratch is, is kind of a, a great kind of show of our confidence in our product um and in our service that we can kind of offer to the community hey Ijan, this is uh this is silo chad this was a, a great presentation so thanks for for talking us through this i think one one uh sort of i guess my opinion on that that last bit uh from my perspective is that i actually think the with respect to the existing accounts um where it will be less of a problem to kind of uh see the difference in growth that you guys provide uh and more i think uh something that's worth discussing is what is the tone uh with which you want to approach something like twitter and does that match the tone that those accounts are already using i think the you know the beanstalk money account is uh more or less at this stage primarily for announcements and beanstalk farms also does a lot of that kind of thing but isn't doing you know it sounds like the the type of tweeting that you guys would be doing and so probably worth thinking about whether it's we're shifting the the tone of that account, or maybe that's one reason to divert to something new. Yeah, but I think that's both both pathways personally. Yeah, I think that's a great question, and and I think that the the place that we typically land is like a mixture of community engagement, education, and uh, and and you know we don't want to be like kind of engagement farmy at all. That's not really our style. Uh, but what we do want to do is we want to have kind of like a hub where everybody can come together, almost like you know, almost like a public discord is, is kind of the vibe that we think would, would go really well is like a place where people can collaborate, you know, uh, doesn't mean like we, we won't do things like a GM tweet. Um, and, you know, expect a lot of community members to also like be GMing. Um, but, you know, more so on like the, hey, this is a hub for us to kind of have most communications that go out, whether and, and uh, like all your information in one, right? You know, if there's a big, uh, you know, if, if, uh, you know, a season finishes, right? We probably want to retweet that, um, you know, but also if there is like a product update from the, the farm account, we want to retweet that, right? But we also want to be putting out our own kind of exclusive content, like education, more threads, more thought leadership, right? All of these different categories that we've kind of talked about and having that all be in one spot where it's like anybody can go there. And, and the goal should be if, if somebody, if a new, if someone new in the ecosystem wants to come and learn about Bean, they can come to the Twitter and they can learn everything they need to about how it works, 
what's going on, what the updates are, what's on the roadmap, right? Like a single place where they can get all that information in like a condensed kind of Twitter friendly place is, is more the vibe that we think we're shooting for. Yeah, that makes sense. Hey, Sean, I uh, have a question. You, you sort of mentioned like one of your guys' specialty is sort of like smoothing out the middle of the funnel. And I guess I'd be curious to sort of hear more, you know, from your perspective, uh, you know, what, where are kind of the, the points along the middle of the funnel where people are falling, falling out now? And, uh, you know, if, if you don't, you know, have a clear picture of that, what information you would need to, to sort of pinpoint that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, me personally, and a lot of the people that I've talked to, right, like, anytime I start to like get into conversations with a project, I start to like call, you know, all my friends in the space, right? And like, hey, what do you think about this? You know, I kind of get everybody's take and try to get a little bit of, you know, a little bit of a poll, uh, or a pulse of the market, right? And uh, one thing I found is that uh, a lot of people have been turned off by uh, the complexity of the terminology, um, as far as the credit mechanisms. Right. So like, uh, you know, whether it's silos, temperatures, seasons, pod rate. Right. I think the average person sees that and they're they just kind of like you kind of lose them right there because they're like, oh, this is just too complicated. Right. Um, and in reality, it's actually not that complicated. Right. And there's very simple analogies for a lot of these things um, that, you know, if you come from TradFi or have any kind of financial experience, you can. get. But even I have like trad five friends who are like kind of dip their toes in crypto and they're like oh well, i don't get any of this right but then when i explain to them simple concepts like oh, okay well like silos are just bonds right or like some type of bond mechanism right and and you know uh so so when you start to create those analogies i think that's what helps smooth a lot of the funnel because what happens is they come top of the funnel they start to come to the website they go through the papers and stuff like that and then they start to kind of get it but then they're like okay this is way too complicated right and when you have an industry with infinite substitutes, right? Because in reality, we're a place to deposit liquidity, right? If you kind of strip all the complication away, what's going on here? People are depositing liquidity, right? And so when you have, uh, it, it, they're depositing liquidity in search of yield, right? With the expectation of future yield, right? No, no one's just putting their money in and parking it for fun, right? So when you kind of come to the realization that like, if you strip everything away, it's like, liquidity and what am i getting for that liquidity then you realize oh there's like unlimited substitutes or or competition right whether it's lending protocols whether it's liquidity providing right the substitutes that people can do for just depositing their money and getting liquidity is infinite right so now if people can easily substitute and get comparable yields or other structures or things like that then you have to realize like we have to smoothen out that middle of the funnel and the educational process. And I think that's where, that's why I've been preaching education so much in this call is because like Twitter threads, right. Uh, you know, blog posts to break down. Okay. Well, like, why do we call it a silo? Why do we, well, you know, what does the temperature mean? What is the pod rate, right? All of these different things are, why, why is, why are we pegged to like 94 cents right now? Right. All of these questions that I know that all of these people that I talk to or asking, those are questions everybody is asking as well, right? And no one's going to take the time to really rip through the white paper and really understand it because there's unlimited substitutes, right? So we need to kind of, I think the number one thing is to find these really great analogies and these really simple ways to explain these concepts because none of these concepts are like necessarily totally like out there. It's a lot of things that we can find analogies for in TradFi and in other areas. Uh, we just need to put in the work to build out the the framework that's able to kind of communicate these things to normie audiences. 
because if we don't, then we're going to be kind of stuck in this 30 to 50 million range and we're going to kind of be a gen darling, which is great, right? And which, you know, would create a very successful protocol. But like, you know, I'm not here to invest a bunch of, you know, my my team's time and resources in order to build like an okay protocol, right? Like, you know, we, you know, uh, when I started with gains, our goal was like, we're going to flip GMX, right? And this is when we were probably at like, uh, you know, 40 50 million dollar market cap and now we're over like 200 250 and you know still every day our goal is let's go flip gmx right so like if our goal is not like we want to be bigger than you know basically everybody else and we, we want to be like one of the top stable coins then like you know what are we kind of doing all this time investing in how, how would you handle like a potential conflict of interest if there's a like for example, a synthetic protocol launching in the beanstalk ecosystem and you're also working with games or something similar yeah, so so this is a question we get a lot, so it's a, it's a great question. Um, so there's two ways we handle this. One, like as as our current partner, right? You get obviously top priority, right? We're we're very loyal in that sense that we would come to you and we would have before we even take a real call with them, uh, outside of just like a basic discovery call. Like before we'd have any serious conversations, we would come to you guys and we would we would come to the community. We would probably come to a call like this and and lay everything out there in the open, right? And then there's two options, right? One, we would just kick the other team, right? And say, hey, it's not a good fit. You know, we, we, we don't want this to be a conflict of interest. So like, we can't work with you guys, right? The second thing that would happen is uh, typically what we do is we set up silos, right? <laughs> and <laughs> you guys know silos very well, but, but silos in the sense of like, we, we would have a very siloed team. Um, so, so what would happen is like, let's say Joey and I are, are your main points of contact on Bean. Obviously there'd be about two or three other people, but let's say this is what, you know, the, the core team looks like on Bean. Well, I have two other co-founders as well. Then we would set up like completely siloed workflows where they would work on that project. We would work on Bean and there would not really be any cross communications about what's happening with each project. We would just have it set up with very rigid silos, you know, complete separate meetings. Things wouldn't be discussed in the same meetings. We'd have, you know, kind of a, an internal and external meeting with the Bean team and the Bean community. And we would have an internal and external meeting with the other team. Um, so personally, I don't necessarily think that there's very much, especially in the derivative ecosystem. I mean, like, you know, you know, we're over here arguing about like, you know, gains does about like 100 million in daily volume, right? Like, what's the total addressable market of like derivatives in general? It's like, what, a quadrillion dollars, right? So like, uh, you know, there, you know, we're, we're fighting, you know, like, I don't think there's necessarily a fight over like crumbs when there's like a massive pie out there. So I think like there's plenty of room for everybody to grow. I, I believe more in like a kind of symbiotic, you know, everybody's helping each other, helping each other grow. And that's how DeFi grows together. Um, so I don't think things are necessarily competitive, but obviously as like, you know, we would defer to you guys first. Hell yeah. I think that's the best answer we could have hoped for. And in general, feel like there is, there, this is all very positive sum. So even the people that are building, in theory, competitive protocols, if everything is composable, then it really is all positive sum and the best stuff will get used. And hopefully they'll use beans, but uh, to some extent, it's like, let the best stuff win. So really wonderful to hear you talk. Of course, yeah, they like, share those exact same sentiments, right? Like it's all a positive sum game. Like we're just, you know, we're here fighting TradFi. We're not here fighting DeFi. By the way, if folks uh, continue to have questions, which I certainly do, I would propose we, uh, you know, push back the dev call until uh, we've been exhaustive. But my, I had a question about, so independent of what Twitter account that you guys would suggest running, curious how you were thinking about the decision about whether to propose to form a new 
marketing organization to fund this work versus having Beanstalk Farms hire Scribe directly? Oh, that's actually very interesting. I hadn't uh, I hadn't thought about that. Um, yeah, that 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 might actually. I, I mean, I, I would definitely defer to you guys as far as how you guys would want to structure it. But yeah, I think that might be a good idea as far as just having a, having like setting us up as like a separate organization, just like the Beanstalk Farm team is an organization under Beanstalk. Um, I, I think maybe that might be, but I, I would kind of defer to you guys as far as um, the structure. Uh, I think like for us, like we're just kind of ready to to go to work and hit the ground running. Um, you know, semantics are I, I definitely think important in a DAO structure, um, but I think like, uh, you know, that's not our main concern. Our main concern is like, can we hit the ground running and add as much value? Um, so I, I would kind of defer to you guys on that. So maybe just to describe the process and then would be curious to hear what Sync uh, has to say on the front of uh, forming a new organization or not, but forming and funding a new organization would require a BIP, which I think is what you were referring to in the, the thread that you guys started around, you know, current problems around uh, governance participation and such, and, and that would require 50% of stockholders to vote. But at the moment, as it stands, uh, spending this amount in Beanstalk Farms would require uh, the BFC or Beanstalk Farms Committee, which is just a group of currently four Beanstalk Farms contributors that would vote on whether that uh, amount can be spent or not on X or Y thing. And that would probably be a a faster process and in, in the grand scheme of things, but curious to hear what what sync what sync's thoughts are on it. Hey, uh, guy, thanks. Um, yeah, that's music to my ears. To be honest with you, I when we originally reached out to Scribe Three Team, um, you know, we 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 obviously laid it all out to them in terms of some of the governance challenges that you know being stocked collectively as a DAO has been kind of working through. And so they were very understanding of that and they were willing to, you know, go through the formal bid process. Um, but if Beanstalk Farms, you know, has the budget um, within its capacity to entertain, you know, uh, uh, this a first quarter type of arrangement and kind of see what the Scribe 3 team can execute with that, um, you know, I would respectfully defer to the Beanstalk Farms team on that. And I think, yeah, if you guys are open to that, then sure, you know, and I think, you know, even Ishan was kind of thinking about, you know, maybe putting the proposal on hold to kind of let the DAO kind of sort out its governance um, process. So I think this arrangement that you're suggesting would actually be really, um, would enable them to kind of start working in the near term. And um, in the meantime, uh, we can see how the DAO kind of sorts out the governance process over the coming months, and then we can revisit this um, in, in the future. So whatever you guys are cool with, that's cool. Well, so maybe this speaks to some greater uh, confusion around Beanstalk Farms' position on uh, marketing per se. You know, I think this actually happened yesterday as well, where someone sent me a draft tweet thread, you know, to consider uh, posting from Beanstalk Farms. And they were asking if it's intentional that Beanstalk Farms, the Beanstalk Farms Twitter is only posting announcements and such. And really, the only reason that's the case is just... Uh, we don't have the manpower at the moment and not just manpower. It's, you know, it's about having high quality manpower and, you know, think that Ishan's presentation uh, today has been very compelling and uh, yeah, I think it's worth some more discussion, but found it very interesting. So uh, yeah, not that I have an answer at the moment, but I think that if 
you know, the community is aligned, uh, folks on the BFC are interested in funding this, then, uh, yeah, I think, I think that that would be a much more streamlined process than whatever, you know, proposing a new BIP to form a new mar- marketing organization would look like, if that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And it's funny you mentioned this because Bacchus and I were actually going to get started on a, on a draft governance proposal this weekend. So what we can do, uh, um, instead of that is actually we can just work on maybe a brief uh, summary of you know what Ishan talked about today in terms of deliverables and expectations as far as this arrangement would what that would entail for the DAO and then we, I can send that over um, to you and you know once Scribe 3 team has a chance to look at it you know BFC can kind of look at it and then you know you guys can take it from there whatever you prefer uh, that sounds lovely yeah any any collateral or writing you can share would be would be helpful helpful on our end Definitely. Sounds good. Okay. So maybe to wrap up and discuss next next steps from, from Scribe. So think, would it be you who will propose or write the proposal or is it Scribe or, or both of you basically uh, will come together and write it? It'll be both. Yeah, me and Bacchus, we're going to kind of guide them through the formal governance process, uh, assuming that this would have re- required a bit. But uh, based off of Guy's feedback today, it looks like this will be just a, a a snapshot that the BFC team members will be voting on. So I'll just take a look at some of those, um, you know, the formatting of those snapshots and, and put together kind of a draft overview of what uh, this proposal would entail. I'll send it over to Describe 3 team. They'll take a look at it, make sure it checks out, and then once they've signed off on it, um, I'll send it over to Guy. Okay. And is the expectation that you and Bacchus will be the point of contact with Scribe? We'll just be like as liaisons. We'll help be helping serve as kind of communication liaisons with the DAO. Um, I mean, Bacchus and I are already, are already kind of active community members. So um, on some of those touch points that Ishan was referring to in terms of like, you know, if they need um, somebody to look at anything that they're putting out or they plan to put out in terms of writing, you know, um, we can take a look at that if being Slack Farms team is not available or their, you know, their hands are full, you know, things like that. So we'll just be helping in that capacity. Okay, I think it's worth thinking that you know having someone from the Beanstalk side, whether it's you know a contributor or or, or anyone else, basically, but having someone that will you know manage, uh, if you want to call it, manage that account, if that makes sense. Yeah, we're happy to step in and do whatever is required to make this as smooth of a process as possible for both Scribe 3 and Beanstalk Farms. No problem. Yeah, I mean, so one, one thing I found interesting about what Ishan was describing is that I think he mentioned there would be a project manager uh, to some extent uh, overseeing a lot of that work. Uh, would be curious, Ishan, to hear more about like how you imagine interfacing with with Beanstalk Farms, if that's that's the way it ends up going in terms of, you know, do you think we should be reviewing tweets and blog posts to start and then not later? Or what do you think that looks like in practice? Yeah, that's exactly how I think it, how I, how, how we typically do it is like, we like to make sure everybody's on the same page so we can probably have like some kind of small group um, that's, you know, maybe, you know, Publius, the Beanstalk Farms team, and then my team, and we can kind of go through, and obviously, you know, open, uh, obviously, Sink and Bacchus will probably be in there, and then anyone else is more than welcome to be in there, but kind of a place where we can bounce ideas off of, plan a couple meetings, we definitely want to, you know, typically, we like to do, like, you know, two meetings in that first week, 
uh you know one is just a good kickoff and then two is like really get deep deep in and ask you know all the questions that my team and i might have as far as you know uh, future plans, roadmap, questions about the protocol itself, how things work, right? Making sure everyone's up to speed on the same page. And then, yeah, I think like that first probably two to three weeks, we'd like like a lot of uh, feedback and back and forth from the team, make sure everybody's happy about the things that are going. And then typically by the time we hit that fourth week till like second month, um, so like that fourth or fifth week, we're usually like pretty, like completely autonomous um, and we're kind of running it, everything on our own. Uh, but yeah, definitely like a little bit of help onboarding to get to that point. Um, so, and, and then typically we liked, and so I know we talked about weekly meetings, like we typically like to do at least a weekly meeting, but I think we can kind of hold that open to the DAO, um, you know, have a, you know, kind of, you know, similar to a call like this, you know, we can set a kind of weekly time to have that call and have everybody contribute, bring ideas, uh, you know, hold us accountable, making sure that everybody feels really confident about the work we're doing, the things we're working on, making sure things are moving forward. Um, and so, you know, a kind of single weekly timing for everybody to come in together and talk about these things, work through some of the issues we may be having. Um, but yeah, that's typically how we structure it. That sounds great. Thanks for walking through that. You mentioned that you're no longer working with gains. Uh, is there a reason for that? And how long do you typically expect an engagement like this to last or it, would it be in perpetuity oh sorry i i i don't know if that if i maybe misspoke but no no we we still work with the gains team um we're we, we literally i was talking to them an hour ago um so yeah we are still complete with them we uh, ideally all of our engagements are you know work in perpetuity i mean you know knock on wood we we have not churned a, a client yet um in in kind of the six months we've been running this agency uh so you know we hope to continue to keep that streak alive i think that speaks to how you know how much value we add to the projects we work with that you know we 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 like to think of ourselves as like you know we, we want to become indispensable members right where there's you know you could cut a lot of things but you can't cut the scribe guys because they just add so much value so that's typically the way we operate yeah like we've worked with the gains team for over six months you know, I can guarantee that we will continue to work with them for the next six months, you know, barring anything crazy. Um, again, knock on wood. Um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, the way we plan, the way we like to is like, you know, just like an employee comes into a job and hopes to be there for 20 years, you know, my team and I hope to come in here and, and work with the bean community for the next, you know, 20 years. Really cool. Well, I mean, from that perspective, do you think it would be, meaningful for particularly over a long-term relationship uh for you to you you and strive to consider whether you want the relationship to be with beanstalk farms in the long term whether it should be directly with the dow which is an interesting question that doesn't need to be answered on day one so to some extent the short-term agreement with beanstalk farms makes total sense but would just encourage you to think about you know, from a long-term perspective, what the optimal setup would be in terms of who you guys would like to report to, right, ultimately, and be accountable to. Should it be Beanstalk Farms, which is accountable to the DAO, or do you want long-term to be accountable to the DAO directly? And then there's a question as to, you know, funding uh, that is secondary to that, meaning should the funding come from Beanstalk Farms, uh, if you're accountable to Beanstalk Farms or should the funding come from the DAO, if you're accountable to the DAO, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, really a fan of long-term thinking here and uh, very excited at the prospect of uh, getting to work together to 
figure out how to better communicate all the great stuff that's happening in, in, in the ecosystem. So uh, appreciate you very much. Yeah, of course. No, no. thank you guys and, and everything for your help. As far as answering the question, I think like, you know, we're all in favor for the uh, engagement that lets us, you know, work with, you know, Beanstar Farms as long as possible. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, again, like we'd defer to you guys, as, you know, we definitely don't want to be in a position where like, so there's, there's kind of two things that come to mind, right? One, we, we I mean, we definitely want to still be accountable to the DAO. I think, you know, being under the Beanstalk Farm team still allows that where we're still, uh, the DAO is still able to hold us accountable. I think like we really like that idea of like having a community kind of making sure and that, you know, that if we're not doing our job, that we do do our job and that if we are doing our job, then everybody's happy um is kind of the the situation that we would love to be in um and you know again yeah same thing like we, we want to work with you guys as long as possible and we want to add as much value and you know because we believe in the protocol itself um so any way that we can kind of do that long term i think the other kind of issue is that like you know we've been cautioned about kind of governance issues so like I would hate to be in a situation where the entire community is really excited about all the things we're doing, but we can't hit the governance threshold. So then we can't continue working. So that's like, you know, my biggest fear is like, Oh, everybody's happy. Everybody likes it. We've invested a lot of resources. The the machine is running great. Things are awesome. Everybody's happy. But like, because we just have like, you know, a couple whales that aren't voting, then we can't hit that threshold. Um, so so whatever kind of way that we think can mitigate that, uh, where we can work together as long as possible, is is kind of the structure that we're in for. Very interesting. I think that 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 type of feedback is very important in terms of how governance is ultimately designed. And appreciate your honesty there. And uh, yeah, definitely uh, think in the short term starting you know, in terms of a relationship with Beanstalk Farms seems pretty reasonable. Yeah, of course. And, and, and again, like, I really want to iterate, like, you know, we don't want to be here unless everybody wants us here, right? And if the vast majority of people don't want us here, like, we don't, you know, we don't want to be taking money out of anybody's pocket. We don't want to be extracting any value from, you know, a community like this. Like, you know, if we're not, you know, getting, if, if the community is not getting their money's worth, like, two times over, then, like, we're not doing our job, right? So not only do we want to make sure we're at least, like, paying for our value, but, you know, our, the best relationships are ones where we're adding so much value that, like, you know, other things can be cut, but, like, the scribe guys just can't go. Okay, I think if we have no more questions, at least for now, and I believe uh, we will have ones uh, later, we will wait, uh, Ishan, or uh, from from the scribes and 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 saying for the proposal, uh, the team will then you know uh, review it and and we will take it from there. Um, yeah. Yeah, again, I appreciate all you guys, like all the great questions. Like, I, I love it, right? It shows that you guys are, are serious and you guys care about the future of the protocol. And, and those are the kind of relationships with the communities we want to be in. Of course. And thank you for, for the time for coming here and, and, and for syncing back us for taking the effort to, to set this up. Just, just quickly, what, what would be the timeline, assuming that uh, there was some sort of agreement in place uh, to start and then... Uh, to sort of expect to start seeing uh, things produced by you guys. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so typically we're ready to go like as soon as um, you know, like as soon as possible. I think like uh, you know, it's already kind of the end of the week. So obviously, like you know, starting on Monday wouldn't be plausible. And then you have ETH Denver. So I would think 
um, our kind of ideal start date would be kind of something around like early March, like maybe that first full week of March. Um, and then, yeah, like you, you should expect to see things moving. Like, you know, if you don't see real progress by the end of that first month, then like you should definitely be like, you know, and the community members should definitely be like, hey, what the hell's going on? Um, but yeah, you should expect to see like, you know, that first week is usually just a, a quick onboard. I mean, a lot of other agencies you go to and see is like kind of a one month onboard, a one month strategy and planning. And then that third month they get going. Like we hate that model and we think it's like super value extractive. Like that first week, we just want to get up to speed with everything going on and talk to everybody in the community. And then by that second week, we're already like creating our systems and putting things in place and putting out content. And, you know, usually we like to start with the content machine, get the content machine really well oiled. Then we like to go with the social machine. And obviously both of these are kind of hoping happening recurrent at the same time in parallel. Um, but, you know, getting that, yeah, uh, you know, uh, social machine, like really well oiled, get that really like, you know, in, in a really efficient manner and then going out and hitting biz dev and PR. So by that third week, like you should see everything kind of moving cohesively. Right. Thank you very much. Awesome. Yeah. And if anyone has any of the questions, like, yeah, feel free to hear. I, I can, I, I'm here for a little bit longer. Um, and, you know, you can always, uh, in the uh, discussion thread, uh, feel free to drop questions in there. Tag me in the general channel. I mean, I, I'm a little more responsive on Telegram, but, um, you know, I, I'm definitely pretty responsive. So uh, happy to answer any questions, chat with anybody, bounce ideas. Thank you, Ishan. And I'm going to link to the thread um, for any of the members here who would like to continue to continue this discussion or ask you or ask the scrap team more questions. All right, I'm going to pause for a minute, see if we have any other topics that we'd like to discuss. Otherwise, we'll end this call and start the, the dev call right after it. Okay. Thank you all for joining us uh, today. And once again, uh, thank you to the scribe team for coming over and for uh, Sync and, and Bacchus for setting setting this up. Thank you all, and we will now move to the to the dev call.